said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Glory be to God. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Milton Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Faithful Life Center. And it's my privilege and my honor to be before you this morning in Jesus name. Who came to receive a word from the Lord on today? I don't know about you, but boy, I tell you what I came looking I came expecting, and God says he will not disappoint. You know, God is the only person who I know who will never, ever let you down. Ever. I said ever. Ever. People will let you down. Situations and circumstances may let you down, but God never lets you down. You know what's so interesting? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Somebody needs to hear this word. He gave me this on my way here. I didn't even have time to put it in my notes, but this is what he gave me on my way here. He said this, he says, in accordance to Isaiah chapter 41 and 10, this is the new uh, American Standard Bible. It says this, it says, do not fear. He says, do not fear. I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What's the first thing he says? Do not fear. Do not fear. Why? Because I'm with you. I don't know about you, but I've had some times when I'm like, Lord, I know you said you're with me, but I ain't trying to tell you how to do your job, but it don't really feel like you're with me right now. But how many people know you're not supposed to be moved by what it is that you see, not by what you hear, not even by what you feel? Because you know your feelings a lot of you. You ever woke up in the morning and felt like, I mean, I know none of your husbands or wives ever did this, but look, rolled over and looked like, what in the world did I marry that joker for? You know, and vice versa. They might have been thinking the same thing about you. You may not feel like you in love. You may not feel love. But you know what? God is not a feeling. God is. He is love. He doesn't even just have love. God says he is love. And he want me to share with you this morning. He says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be anxious. He says, do not anxiously look about you. Now, how many people know right now people are anxiously looking about them, seeing what the heck is going to go on, what's going to happen. But God is saying, don't anxiously look about you. Why? Because I am your God. He says, I will strengthen you. Why? Who needs to be strengthened? Those who are weak. He says, I will help you. Who needs to be helped? Those who who lack aid and assistance. He says, I will surely uphold you with my righteous right hand. In other words, you only have to look to anything else. He says, because when you look to me, I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to uphold you. In other words, I will never, ever let you down. He also gave me to give you this too. He says, in according to Isaiah 42 and 9, he says, behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things before they spring forth. He says, I'm going to tell you of them. He says before he says the former things that have already come to pass in your life. Former things have already come to pass in situations and circumstances. He says those things have already come to pass. He says, but, but he says a new thing I'm doing. He says and before it springs forth, he says, I'm going to tell you about them. Now, think about it this way. If God says, I'm going to tell you about them before 
they come to pass. What does that mean? He's going to, what is, how we get foreknowledge? We call that prophecy. I'm going to prophesy to you. I'm going to tell you long before it ever is going to happen, what's going to happen. Let go. Let go. Let go. Come on. Come on. Everybody do it with me. Grab that care. Grab that concern. Shoot. Grab that family member. Lay them before the altar. I don't know about you, but as many of my family members I tried to change. Guess what? It didn't happen. And when it did happen, he said it's not going to happen in the way which you're expecting it to happen. And he asked this. Yes, he says this one question. Is, Do you trust me? All it comes down to is trust. Do you trust me? Because when you try to carry family members and situations and circumstance, what it does, it becomes a burden for you. It becomes a distraction for you. And you can't see straight. But the father said, I need you to let it go. How do you let it go? I'll show you. Father, whew, you might be crying with tears in your eyes. Trust me, I have had days when I've cried with tears in my eyes. Father, I choose in accordance to 1 Peter chapter 5 to cast my care under you. To cast this. Come on, come on, come on now. Y'all got to join with me. Join your faith with my faith. Say, Father, I make a decision to cast all of my cares unto you because I know you care for me. Now, you got to, I mean, you can't be doing a churchy religiously. I mean, you got to do it like you fully possess. You expect that when you cast that care on the God, God's going to, he's already made a way of escape. How do you know he's already made a way of escape? Because he said he already has. See, I don't, I don't believe that simply because I've experienced it. I believe that simply because he's already said it. So this is what we do. We cast that care on him, right? We throw it off on him. And then this is what you say. Father, wrap me in your arms. God can hug, yes, sir, right now, wrap her in your arms. I'm asking you to wrap her in your arms. Let her know she's not alone. Let her know you've already made a way of escape. Let her know I had a solution before you ever had the problem. Let her know. I need you to remind her of it, Father. He says I'm going to remind her of it today, and I'm going to use you to do it. And I said, all right, glory to God. So this message is for you. He says this. He says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder things to of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. When is it going to spring forth? Now. He says, will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness 
and rivers in the desert. What does that mean? I'm going to make a way when there seems to be no way. I know I was talking to Brother Doug earlier before we got started. I said, man, you, if you want to take a few laps around the church, go on ahead, brother. You ain't going to distract me. I grew up in a Baptist church. I don't see a little bit of everything. Some God, some not God. But I know one thing. This is one thing they used to say. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. And I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. He can make a way when it says, I am, I am a testimony. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. I actually had a situation that happened in my life a long, long, long time ago. Right? It happened in my life years ago. And was playing around, joking around, and all of a sudden that thing that had that was a tragic moment in my life came, came, came flooding up all the emotions, all the feelings, everything out of nowhere. And I had a decision to make. I could suppress it, which I had unknowingly done for many years, or I could be like I say, the, friend, the song that I sing, to my lovely sometimes, let it go, let it go. And I let it go, and when I let it go, guess what happened? It removed stuff out of me that I didn't even realize was in me. Are y'all listening to me? It removed stuff out of me I did not even realize was in me. You know what it says? No more shackles, no more chains. I am free. So whoever you are, do not, be, do not fear, for God is with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for God says, I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. I will surely uphold you with my righteous right hand. In other words, God says, I got you covered. Or a better way for him to say it is, I got this. Better way to say it, I got you. Do y'all receive that this morning? I got you. And then you know what? This is it. And, can I help y'all with something? When I got that, when that thing hit me the other day, the other, other, a few nights ago, my lovely could not even help me. This is, I said, I'm going I, I to say to you what I said to the Father. Father, wrap me in your arms. Because what I needed at the time, she could not provide for me. Not that she didn't try. She did not, she wasn't able to provide it for me. And I got a good one, but she couldn't help me with that. And when he showed, when all that stuff came, I, when it came up, it was like, what in the world? Praise God. Are you ready? Here we go. Glory to God. All right. That, was, that word was for someone this morning. I, I pray to God that you receive what it is that you need. Did it bless you? It blessed me. Glory to God. I was wounded 
because somebody took something from me that they had no right to. And that's all I'm going to say about that today. I may talk about it at another time, but that's all I'm released to say about it today. Because it wasn't cool. It affected my, I mean, if you don't think the adversary starts early in your life trying to take you out because he knows what's going to happen with you, he does. He if he can't get you in, in, the, in the inside the womb, he'll try to get you as soon as you come out the womb. If he can't get you, he's always going to try to take you out because he's a thief. But we make this declaration today in the name of Jesus, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me for he has anointed me. To preach good tidings to the meek, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to open the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to give us him beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And, I like that word, and they shall build up the old waste. And they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you today for this opportunity to minister to each your sheep. Father, I thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with the Tyson words of man's wisdom, but, Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power, that their faith lie not in the word of man, but in the power of Almighty God. Father, I pray that, that you will continue to do miracles, signs, wonders in the service today that they will know that you alone are God and besides you there is no other. Father, I thank you that our eyes have been anointed to see, our ears are anointed to hear, our hearts are open and ready to receive the engrafted word of God that will ultimately change their lives forever. <laughs> he says what the devil meant for your destruction, God says, I'm about to turn it to your good. <laughs> he said what he meant for your destruction, God says, I'm about to turn it to your good. He meant it for your destruction. Think about that for just a second. That, that situation that just keeps to plague you and try to plague you. And play, he says, it was meant for your destruction, but I'm about to turn it to your good. And those people who used to come against you, they're going to be the same people going to be saying, what must I do to be saved? How do you know? Because I've seen it happen. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. Last week we was talking about. Whew, that's it right there. That's the word of the day right there. What was meant for your what the adversary meant for your destruction. God will turn it to your good. Wow. Last week we began talking about what time is it? Or in other words, what in the world is going on? And we begin to talk about it, but this is where he's, we are going to start at today. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is what time is it? The title of this message is, What's Done in the Dark. What's Done in the Dark. And according to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, it says this. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. 
but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will be appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So he's, God is telling his people, he says, it's time for you to arise. It's time for you to shine for the for the light. Your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Why is the glory of the Lord risen upon you? And why should your light be shining right now? He says, why is it, should it be shining? Because darkness is going to cover the earth, he says, and deep darkness is going to cover the people. But the Lord will arise upon who? You. And his glory will appear upon who? You. Why? Because nations will begin to come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. When are they going to be, begin to start coming to you? Now. See, this is a prophetic word. The, the, this is a prophetic word of what is in what is already begin to what was to come and what will become more apparent, even more and more sooner than you think. He says you need to know about it when right now. He says when I when you read that word darkness, what does that word darkness mean? An absence of light. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 5? He says this. He says, let your light so shine in the world. Where are you supposed to let your light shine? In the world. Not just here on Sunday morning. Not just on Wednesday night or Thursday night or on Friday night. Or what. Let your light shine in the world. Why? He says, because there is an absence of light. There is an obscurity, a want of cleanness. He says there, that the quality or state which renders anything difficult to be understood. He says darkness is also a state of being intellectually clouded and ignorant. So you can be you can go to university. You can think you smarter than a whip. He says I He says I use the foolish things to confound the wise. So. When he's referring to darkness is covering the earth and gross darkness to people, he says there is going to be an absence of light. He says there is going to be a state of being intellectually clouded. He says, how are you going to know or what are some of the symptoms of there being an absence of light? And how is there going to be a symptoms of a state of being intellectually clouded? Y'all want to know? Y'all asked? OK, I'm so glad you asked. Calm down over there. You're a little bit too excited for me. Isaiah chapter five, verse 20 says it this way. He says, this is the way you're going to know. He says, woe unto those who call evil good and call good evil. Who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. In other words, you try to give them light, they, they choose darkness. You, if they're in the light, they choose to rather run to darkness. Where does this also say this in? In John chapter 3, when it talks about how, how God had, had uh, he says in John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He says, for God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Jesus might be saved. That word's healed, delivered, made whole and complete. He says, but the people love darkness 
rather than the light. Why? Because the light exposes the deeds of the dark. Do y'all see that? The light exposes the deeds of the darkness. He says, you, they will begin to substitute bitter for sweet. They will and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who will be wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking and violent men in mixing strong drinks who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. Does that look like anything y'all see today? Now, mind you, this, now, 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 yes, sir. Remember we said, let every word be established by two or more witnesses. So Isaiah is saying this in the, this is what God is revealing to him in Isaiah chapter five. He's also showing it again in Isaiah chapter 60, that these are the things that's going to happen. And then John said the exact same thing in John chapter three. People love the darkness more so than the light. Why? Because the light exposes their deeds that are done in the dark. Now, last week we talked about in uh, uh, Psalms 19, because we're talking about what is the solution if, if I'm, you know, if the light is supposed is, is, if I'm supposed to rise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon me, what is supposed to be the solution that shines into the world, which shines into the people who are, who are experiencing darkness? What is the solution? Psalms 19, verse number 105. He says, truth, this is a passion translation, truth, shining light, guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Remember, they could not see straight. So what do you do? You shine the light of the word of God on that situation. And what does it do? It makes your pathway clear. Do y'all see that part? He's not deep, right? He also goes on to say this. He says in Psalms 119, verse 130 says this, Break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those who will open their hearts are given insight into your plans. So you never have to be ignorant of God's plan. Why? Because his word, he says the in, in, in the King James, it says the entrance of your word brings about Light brings about what? Revelation. He says, your word is a, is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. What do we do? Lord, we hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Order our steps according to your word. So if I am, if he's telling me, I need you to arise, I need you to shine for the light of the Lord has risen upon you and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Why? Because darkness or absence of light and uh, uh, people being intellectually clouded. He says, when that thing happens, I need you to shine like a beacon of light. That's why he also says in Matthew chapter five, I need you to be you are a light. Set, uh, set upon a hill. Let your light so shine in the world that all people may see your good works. And what will they do as a, res a result of seeing your good works? They will glorify God. Do y'all see that? Was that deep? Did I lose anybody? Y'all still with me? 
Y'all still with me? Glory to God. Now, think about this. We talked about this two weeks ago, how the adversary's agenda is to do what? It is to destroy you. And according to John chapter 10, it says the thief, talking about your adversary, comes for only to do one thing, to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. That is his, old, his whole game is to, is to kill, to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. And the, he says, you know, his agenda is to destroy you. His tactic in doing that is offense. And the reason why he needs to get you into offense is because when you are offended, it causes division. What does division mean? Two visions are two ways of seeing the exact same thing. I know, I'm going to pause and think about that for a second. So, so, he says sometimes what happens is we make it so deep that people get lost. He is a, it's not that deep. It's not that deep. But can I tell you something? Some people focus, they say some people focus more on, on uh, being born again. Some people focus more on on the kingdom of God and, and, and justice. He says, but you, you have to have both. Why? Who said that? Jesus did in John chapter three. He says, except you be born again, you won't understand how the kingdom of God works. So you can't just have one without the other because you can be extreme on this side or you can be extreme on that side, but you got to have both coming together like a sandwich in order for it to work. I didn't say that. Jesus did. How do you know Jesus said that? Because Nicodemus came to him. I see all the stuff that you do. No man can do those things except God be with him. <laughs> what Jesus didn't say, you, you so right. God is with me. He didn't say that. He says, you must be born again. Because he knew the law. But he didn't understand how the kingdom of God worked at all. Why could he not understand how the kingdom of God works? Because he did not have his mind. He didn't have spiritual eyes to see it because he was still living according to the, the world's way of doing things. The person has to be born again. There's many people in, 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 who are born again who don't understand the kingdom of God way. There's many people talking about the kingdom who talk about the kingdom of God, but don't understand. You have to get the person born again. They're not going to understand. That's why Jesus. Yes, he says, that's exactly why I talk to people in parables, because they did not understand when I just told them what the key, the kingdom of God way. It made no sense to them at all because they did not have eyes to see. They did not believe in me, so they could not understand my way of doing things. You cannot have one without the other. You can get like we was talking about last week, like we talked about. God said there is no more middle. There's no more just left. There's no more left, middle and then right. You have extreme left. But guess what? He also said you also have extreme right. You know what the extreme right call themselves? Progressives. You know what that means? That means they're leaning more towards more to, trying to get in the middle ground, but to try to have one foot on in the left and one foot in the right. And you can't do that way. That's called having Division. Do y'all see that? Man, I tell you, I, I've seen many elections. Many, I see election campaigns right now, and I just flick the channel. I, they just, they, they just way out there. I mean, they just like a little out there. Used to be, you know, they talk about each other, but you know, they come back together. They talk about each other, and you got whole households divided. You got families divided. 
you have, you have churches divided about a person. You, you can't elect a personality. You got to read their platform. Why? Because the flat, flat, the platform is going to tell you what they're going to do. I don't care what you say. You can be a used car salesman and sell me a bell of goods. Guess what? If you go back and look at the platforms from 2020 compared to them 2016, 2012, 2008, guess what happens? They Every year, it changes. You want to know why? Because they're getting further and further and further away from the light. They're going further and further into darkness. Do y'all see that? I'm not even talking about just in the States. I'm talking about even here in, in our great land of Canada. Go look at their platforms. You'll see. And what, they, what people do is when they don't like something, forget that, man. We'll start our own thing. House divided against itself cannot stand. A nation divided against itself cannot stand. The only people who haven't realized that yet is many people in the church. They don't, they don't get that part. The world understands. They might be mad as heck anyone. They may not agree about anything, but when it's a common cause to come against you, they come right together. And then after they get done what they need to get done with you, then they split up again. So, people love the darkness more so than they love the light. Jesus, going back to what we talked about last week, he said this. He says this. He says, Jesus answered him in verse 20, Matthew 24, 4. He says, Jesus answered and said, at that time, deception will run rampant. I'm reading out of Passion Translation. He says, so beware that you are not fooled. For many will appear on the scene to claim my authority or saying about themselves, I am God's anointed and they will lead many astray. You will hear of wars nearby and revolutions on every side with more rumors of wars to come. He says, don't panic or give in to it, give in to it your fears. For the breaking apart of the world's way of doing things is destined to happen. It didn't say it might happen. It didn't say if a chance to happen. And see, this is something the thing. There's a, oh, I'll tell y'all about that at the end. He says, it's going to happen. He says, but it won't, he says, but it won't yet be the end. It will, it will start it will start to be unfolding. He says nations will go to war against each other and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be terrible earthquakes. He says there will be uh, seismic events of epic proportions, horrible epidemics, famines in place after place. This is how the first contractions and birth pains of the new age will begin. You can expect to be persecuted. Who was he talking to? The church. Now, it's interesting. I was talking to someone the other day and we was talking about what's, what's really going on? What's all this stuff that's going on? I said they're trying to birth a new world order. They're trying to get it to one currency. I said that's what all the unity is about. Stronger together. Stronger together. Stronger together, stronger together. What does that take out? The middleman. What does that bring people into? A new world order. 
a new, what they will say is a new way of doing things. It will be one world currency. I'm not making any of this stuff up. Read the book of Revelations. It's in there. I'm not making, I, I can't make this stuff up. This is just what God said. He says, this is the foundational part of establishing the new world order. There's a lot of things like when you read in, in the Gishtadaba, 2 Timothy chapter 3, talking about how it's going to be perilous times and people are going to do this and do that. He says, you can pray to minimize the number of people that's going to happen to. He says, but those things are going to happen. Why? People will get further and further away from the light. He says, this is, the this is how the first contractions and birth pains of a new age will begin. You can expect to be persecuted, even killed, for you will be hated by all nations because of your love for me. Then many will stop following me and fall away, and they will betray one another and hate one another, and many lying prophets will arise deceiving multitudes and leading them away from the path of truth. There will be, wow, think about that. It didn't say it was going to be a few. It says there's going to be lying prophets that are going to come and they're going to deceive and lead many people away from the truth. Pause it. Think about that. He says there will be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. He says the more and more sin increases, the, further, the harder people's hearts is going to become and they are going to begin to fall away from God. Who would ever thought that? The father. He says, but keep your hope. He says, even though all these things is going on, see this thing about it, God always tells you what's coming and then he tells you what your response should be. God tells you what's coming and he tells you what your response should be. He says, but keep your hope, earnest expectation of good to the end and you will experience life and deliverance yet through it all. In other words, through all the darkness, through all the crazy, through all the famines and, and wars and, and rumors of wars and famines and all these other and, and pep, uh, pandemics and the whole nine yards. He says, through it all, the kingdom of God will be proclaimed over all the world. He says, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God and others. After this, the end of this age will arise. That sounds great, but what does that have to do with me, you may ask. I'm so glad you asked. Ooh, thank you so much, Julian. Thank you. He says this. He says this. Remember, he says, arise and shine, for the light is coming. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. What does all this have to do with me because all the darkness and all that's coming? You're telling me that they are going, they're going to be wanting to run away from light and, and run back into the darkness. What does that have to do with me? Thank you for asking. He says this in accordance to Matthew chapter 10, verse 24. He says, a student is not superior to his teacher any more than a servant would be greater than his master. The student must be satisfied to share his master's fate, and the servant his master's. 
if they call the head of the family a Lord of Flies, talking about Jesus, no wonder they will malign the members of his family. This is your part. Do not be afraid or intimidated by others. He says, for God will bring everything into the open and every secret will be told. Every secret will be told. Are y'all listening to me? He didn't say some. He didn't say a few. He says, I'm telling you right now, all these things is going to come. All these things are, are, are happening all around you right now. But I'm telling you, don't be afraid or intimidated by others, for God will bring everything out into the open and every secret will be told. Why do you think he's been telling the body of Christ and we've been talking about this for months now? If there's anything that you need to get right, if there's anything you any any secret, any hidden man, repent. Simply repent means simply this. Change your mind, change your thinking, change your action. And God loves you so much. He will show you what to turn, what to change what to make adjustments to. Does that mean you're going to be perfect? Absolutely not. But guess what? We're talking about those things. You know. I know. And he started with the head, head of the body, heads of, of churches and ministries and nations. And he's telling them to repent. Why? Because things are about to be exposed. He says, and when they are exposed, he says this, what I say to you in the dark, in secret, repeat in broad daylight. And what you hear in a whisper, announce it publicly. Don't be in fear of those who can only kill the body, but not your soul. Fear, reverentially fear and awe God, who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. In other words, you got to choose how many people are on the Lord's side. That's what it all comes down to. How many people are on the Lord's side? It used to be a time where you can have, you know, you can dip over into the world and then come back to God. You can you can date, you know, you can be sleeping with the world and then moonlight with God. But that time is over. He says, it's either you with me. He said, because if you're not with me, you are against me. Did y'all hear that part right there? If you're not with me, you are against me. Five minutes. Can I get five minutes? Five minutes. Can I get five minutes? Okay, five minutes. Okay. Because everything is not as it seems. It's, everything is not always what it seems. And according to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he says this. Yes, sir. I can. OK. OK. Thank you. He says this. He says. Paul saying this to the church of Corinthians. But now I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's clever lies, your thoughts may be corrupted and you may lose your single hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. For you seem to gladly tolerate. Isn't that a buzzword around? Tolerate, accept everything. Tolerate anyone who comes to you preaching 
a pseudo-Jesus, not the Jesus we have preached. You have accepted a spirit and gospel that is false. Rather than the spirit and gospel you once embraced, how tolerant you have become to these imposters. Now, a pseudo simply means false. Everybody say, you don't, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to accept Jesus. Grace covered it all. You never have to ask for forgiveness for nothing. You can just live your life any old kind of way you want to because God knows your heart. Paul also goes on to say, he says, for they are not true apostles, but deceitful ministers who mat. Deceitful ministers who masquerade as special apostles of the anointed one. That doesn't surprise us for even Satan transformed himself to appear as an angel of light. So it's no wonder his servants also go about pretending to be ministers of righteousness, but in the end they will be exposed and greatly and get exactly what it is that they deserve. Praise God. Did y'all hear that part right there? People are listening to so, a pseudo, uh, hearing about a pseudo Jesus and an, a different gospel and a different Holy Spirit than the one that was originally preached. You got to understand this. When the adversary, if he just comes to you in a, dressed in a red suit and a pitchfork, you would automatically know exactly who he is. But if he appears to you as an angel of light, that is why I, I cannot stress to you enough. You got to know the Bible for yourself, even beyond what it is. We will show you, point you in the direction to the Bible, but you got to know the word for yourself. Why? Because when the adversary is going to sound so much like the truth. How do you know he did that? He'll do that because he did the same thing to Jesus. When he tempted Jesus, he spoke the word to Jesus. If you jump off of this, if you leap off of this, you don't have to worry about that because God has already said he's given his angel special charge over you to keep you in all of your way, lest you dash your foot against the stone. He quoted to Jesus, he quoted to the word, the word. So if he, he would use the word to try to trip up Jesus, how much more you think he's going to use the word to trip you up? So you got to know what does the word say in its proper context, and is he talking to you? Are you understand what I'm saying to you? You can't, you can't be lazy. You can't be complacent. You can't, I don't even ask you to take my word for it. Fact check me. Go back and read it for yourself. That's why we give you the addresses. That's why we put it, you know, I was talking to my mother about this the other day. I didn't even realize how much we had been doing stuff, but we put everything on video so you can go back and listen to it for yourself. And you can write down the addresses and you listen to the Holy Spirit. And then you can, that's why we tell you what translation we read it out of. Because before we say the translation, we've already studied it to make sure the translation they give it matches up with what the word actually says. If it's way out there, we don't use it. So I'm telling you all this so you won't 
be blinded. One last thing, and I promise you I'm done. Second Peter chapter 2 says this. It says, in the past, there arose false prophets among God's people, just as there will continue to be false teachers who will secretly infiltrate in your midst to divide you. Remember, the adversary's objective is his agenda is to destroy you. His tactic is offense. And the ultimate goal is to get you into division. He says, bringing with them their destructive heresies of false teachings. They will even deny the master who paid the price for them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow immoral lifestyles. Because of these corrupt false teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. They are only out for themselves, ready to exploit you for their own plan through their cunning arguments. What's that? Reasonings. Their condemnation has been a long time coming, but their destruction does not slumber or sit idly by for it shall surely come. That's why we're saying on November the 1st, we're fasting and praying for the nation of Canada. We're fasting and praying that the nation be healed, that the people be healed from this COVID-19. We're fasting and praying that, you know, for a, a return, a repentance and a return back to God. Glory to God. And we're fasting and praying that people come back into unity. You ever watch a, a, a National Geographic show how when a lion is, try, is going on the hunt, the lioness is on the hunt, what does she do? She looks for the one who gets separated from the pack. And then she strikes. Do y'all see that? What's being done? What this is what's being done in the dark when right now. But the fact that you're preaching the word, preaching the word, preaching the word, preaching the word, preaching the word is doing what? Shining a light on it. And what does the light do? Illuminate and give revelation to what's, what's going on and what's coming. Do y'all see that? Did that help anybody today? Did it confirm anything for anybody today? <laughs> like, I'm sitting there, June and I had the opportunity, we had a we had a date, a movie date last week after we left service. Cause you know, y'all need to, you need to, you do need to do maintenance on your, on your marriage. And so don't call me on Friday night unless the house is on fire, you in jail or something like that, because that's date night. Nobody calls our house on Friday nights. I mean, <laughs> church, family, nobody, cause everybody knows that's date night. Them jokers ain't gonna answer the phone. It better be an emergency. They'll get you on Saturday. But we had a date night and we went back and we watched the movie Left Behind. See, it's something about I watched that movie many years ago. But when I watched it last week, I could show you everywhere in the Bible. That's what this is. That's what that is. That was this, this. And this is how this is going to do. And this is how and this is how this piece is going to fit together. And and so June was getting a, 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 a teaching again on end time. I am so excited that God chose us to be here for the end time harvest. I just <clears throat> but I say all that to say this. What's going on in the dark 
is going to is coming to the light. It hid itself for so many years, but the light is being shined upon it right now. Not because God doesn't love people. God shines the light on it so we can make a decision to repent, change our thinking, change our minds, change our actions, and then return back to him. That's why he sent Jesus to give the world an opportunity to come out of the dark, come to the light. You didn't even have to go to the cross. All you have to do is accept the fact that he went to the cross for you. And when you accept what he did for you on the cross, you have an opportunity to have the God kind of life where he's always with you. He's your help. He's your upholder. He's your sustainer. He's your everything. But the way that you enter there, we talked about that today. In order for you to be able to understand the kingdom of God, it says that you must be born again. And I would like to give you an opportunity to do that with us today. It's as simple as this. In accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, which says this. It says that the word is not you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you repeat this after me, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my burdens for me. Lord Jesus. Come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin and I turn from it now. I receive your offer of forgiveness. I am born again right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. I receive it right now. In Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer from your heart and this is your very first time, we'd like to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the kingdom of God. Glory to God. Now, what now that you're born again is like a brand new baby. You have to be taught on what does it mean to be born again and how do I live the life? So many people get born again, but they lose it. They don't lose their salvation, but they lose that, new, that going from one level to the next level to the next level because they don't renew their mind on what does it mean to be born again and how do I operate according to the kingdom of God? Well, Faithful Life Center is a great, is a great place for you to get started and to grow up in the things of God. So we'd like to offer extend an invitation to you to join us online, join us on site and so you can experience the, the, the love of God the word of God at a whole different level in Jesus name. Now, if you pray that prayer for the first time, we'd like to invite you to send us an email at info at faithfullifeottawa.com. And we can get some information out to you on what your next step is in Jesus name. Now, there's another part of our service we love for you to participate in as in the tithes and offering, not because we desire that you give us a gift, but we desire that a seed is, is sowed into the ground for you that you may reap a harvest in Jesus name. Now, in accordance to Second Corinthians chapter nine, it says this. It says, glory to God, it says, uh, he who sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and who, he who sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. 
as you have purposed in your heart. So let a man give. For God loves a person, a cheerful giver whose heart is in their giving. What does he do also do? He says this. He says, he says, God will make all grace abound towards you so that you always have an all sufficiency in all things that you may abound to every good work. He says he will multiply your seed sown. He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, and he will multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So if you'd like to participate with us today, if you're online, there's a link that's online on, on the top of the page right there. It says giving. Just click on that. It'll lead you there. It's also if you go to the website, you will find you will find places uh, to tell you there's different times. You can e you can do an e-transfer if you're in Canada uh, directly to uh, to the ministry. You can you can uh, give on the website, or you can uh, text to give if that's easier for you. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So if you're ready, lift your offers up to the great high priest, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And repeat that. And, 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 and I'm going to pray in English. You can pray in the spirit and just worship him. Father, we thank God and praise you in the name of Jesus for this opportunity. So into the kingdom of God through Faithful Life Center, we declare and decree a seed meets in any glory be to God. He says, I've made all that you set your hands to to prosper. I will bless those who will bless you. I will prosper those who will prosper you. He says, I will multiply your seed. So he says, I will, he says, creative ideas, insights, and concepts to new inventions to multiply the seed that's sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Father, we thank God and praise you for it right now in the name of Jesus. And we give you glory on and praise for it. Ministry angels, go forth. Cause our harvest to come for we have need of it for the kingdom's sake as well as our own. And say, we tell you, take your hands off our harvest and off our monies, but we have need of it for the kingdom's sake as well as our own. Ministry angels, we loose you, go forth and cause our harvest and our monies to come, and we claim the hundredfold return on all of our sowing and giving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, thank you so very much for joining us. Again, my name is Pastor Milton Jones. You just seen the lovely uh, Jewin Jones. We want to thank you for joining us here at Faithful Life Center, and we look forward to seeing you again.